Go ahead. Go ahead. All I'm actually thinking about right now is that I hope that I'm not showing any butt crack because I'm feeling a little draft. But that's all right. You're definitely showing some butt crack. Episode 42 of Cinepunks. My name is Joshua Alvarez. <laughs> it's like you forgot how the intro. <laughs> no, dude. Does how, dude, uh, you don't know. My name is Liam O'Donnell. I'm Josh Alvarez. Welcome to episode 42 of Cinepunks, where we have not only our beautiful guest, Mr. Sean Benestein, with us. Sean. But we are also recording from Amalgam Coffee Shop at uh, Frankfurt and Huntington. Everyone ignore the fact that I forgot to do my belt. Sitting there. Are you taking <laughs> off your pants? No, Dude. quite the opposite. I'm trying to put them back. We are very comfortable uh, here. Very comfortable. Okay. So, um, uh, yes, yeah, so we are recording here at the beautiful, the wonderful Amalgam Coffee Shop. This, ju- this place just opened uh, down the street from Josh's house. Mm-hmm. I feel like because we have other coffee shops we love yeah. and other comic shops we love, I want to make sure everyone knows you live near here. I live not even a block away from here. And that's not because, that's not to say that this place isn't awesome. It is very much awesome. It is everything but that. It's, it's not. We also, we would record at your comic or coffee shop if you would like us to as It's well. true. It's, it's just true. we could walk here. Yeah, we could walk here and it's both a comic and a coffee shop. That's very honest, convenient. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, and you know, it's, it's not going to become for me, my shop just because I have a shop, whatever. But the combined comic coffee thing is so amazing. It's such a brilliant idea. It puts idea. it at such a, in a, you know, like I said, I'm trying to be diplomatic about this, but right now this is the cool, I think this is the coolest spot in Philly right now. Right. That's I'm with you. Feeling. Yeah. They just need to add movie rentals. Oh Dude, my God. If they, if they did rentals, that, that would just be it for me. I would be done. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. I would it. move to Fishtown. <laughs> you would have You'd to be move. my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, and you know, this is a, uh, this is becoming the 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 part of Fishtown, the part of Kenzo. I think you live in Kenzo, really. I, I call it the Cash Money Kenzo. I so feel like this is the part of. Kenzo. I spell it with all K's. I don't know if you could tell that by me saying it that way. <laughs> it's Cash Money Kenzo. And I think all we, K's. we also really appreciate this place, not just because that is three K's, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two. There's only two. Money starts with an M. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's fair. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, you, I can't believe you just got that. Whatever. <laughs> you think I didn't think of that? That's that's what bothers me about it. The 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 other thing I can say about this spot. So there's a few things I want to say. One, they have a great comic selection. Um, they haven't busted out the back issues yet, but you know it's a new shop. They literally opened last last week. Monday. Yeah, yeah. So this is whatever. The coffee and snacks seem on point. Um, they've got a lot of new comics and a good trade selection. That's all cool. But one of the things I really appreciate is that. The owner, operator, mm-hmm. she's made a point to say, like, this is uh, also a space that is... A safe space, and it's a totally inclusionary, so it's everybody. Yeah, it's really about those voices. I mean, not I, I don't think comics are as... Uh, Niche as it once was. Yeah, I think they've really started to open up to more communities. But this is a space that's acknowledging that and saying, you know, um, female... Uh, LGBTQ people of color, people of color. You folks are welcome and highlighted here, and and that may seem weird for a shop to focus on that to some people, but I think for people who've been in those spaces where you don't necessarily always encounter like hard, like in the comic community, it's not like there's that many. I mean, you have your Frank Millers, of course, but you don't have that <laughs> many people who have like a hard political stance that they're taking per se but there's a lot of microaggression soft bias yeah. people being like what's the matter it's, this whole comic is white males I don't see the problem <laughs> and you're like well <laughs> and again it, and I think for us we for a long time have been in the in the in the stance of we aren't I mean I love 
many things involving white males. I'm not here <laughs> to say, like, just because I'm brown. I'm I have against. a Morrissey tattoo. That's yeah. how into the white male thing. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty white. I was going to say, you don't want to go with Morrissey, per se. He said some <laughs> real sketched out things. But I do think, like, I do think that we all feel like there needs to be more. It's it's like sort of like, okay, if you went to a hardcore fest and every mm-hmm. band was a beatdown band. Right. And I was like, there's too many motherfucking beatdown bands, you know, or. I don't really consider beat down a, a style, but let's say <laughs> let's say uh, you went to a hardcore fest and every band was like old style youth crew, yeah, sort of ten yard fight wannabe. Me wanting other bands doesn't mean I don't. I like me some ten yard fight. That's not yeah. what I'm trying to say, you know. Mm-hmm. I like me some white ass white people comics. Like that's not. <laughs> I'm not trying to, to. But the problem is that's all you get. Yeah, that, you that need the diversity voices, of that. Yeah. You need you need to hear other perspectives. And I think it's worth. And I say that that's like sort of my more PC personality. There's also some of those white ass white people comics are white in a descriptive sense. Right. That is whiteness as an ideology. That's a problem for me. But I don't assume <laughs> that just because your comics have a bunch of white dudes in it that it's also about maintaining capitalist patriarchy and all that stuff either like that's before i'm making an ideological critique i'm just saying let's have a variety of comics then i might read your comic and be like oh this is great or oh this is some super macho bullshit look at this mother not really my thing yeah Yeah. so you know the more that you have to pick from the better yeah so so welcome sean it's good to have you back Thank you. I'm very excited. This is this is our Star Wars episode. Just, yeah. Just to put that out there right now, this is the reaction to Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which we will get to. Welcome, welcome, listening audience, to our <laughs> Star Wars episode. Uh, we we're trying to be better about time, so we're going to jump right into whacking on track. Yes. Uh, I think we just want to uh, make sure people know that Sean has been on before, and you should go back and listen to some of Sean's episodes because Sean is the man. This is your third time. Who? Um. Yeah, third time as a guest. I was also on the Harathon episode. Oh, man. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, so you've been on. This is your fourth time on the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we specifically got you when you're supposed to be at work, so we know you're not drunk. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't, pretty sweet. Can't do that kind of work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the 50s. So Sean, or 70s. So, Sean, we're going to jump on into our Whack and On Track. Do you have a Whack and On Track to share with us? <sighs> <laughs> Dude, you've, so, you've heard the show before. Don't I know, act like you got ready. What's supposed oh, to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just whacking on track is a little hard for someone whose life is mostly work and then housework. But you can do it short. Pick one thing. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm gonna do it short. Besides, the most recent thing I saw that I thought was awesome was Tracy fell asleep early one night and I saw Ex Machina finally. Oh, oh what yeah. you which think? I really enjoyed. Um, Starring uh, Oscar Isaac and yeah. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, both in Star Wars. Yeah, right. Um, Part of the reason I chose that, also, it was like an hour and a half, which is just prime <laughs> That's movie the right, time for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so many good two-hour movies that when that late night slot comes up, I'm like, oh, nah, and, dog, nah. And actually, actually, to double up, I also saw Anthem Body Saints, which I really enjoyed as well. That's I, in my queue, and I haven't watched it It's yet. really enjoyable. What so is it? We'll start Anthem Body Saints. Start with Ex Machina, then go So Ex Machina um, is a really good basic sort of like AI sci-fi movie trying to do the Touring test? Am uh-huh. I better, dude? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, sort of like Steve Jobs, super smart dweeb dude invents an AI that yada yada brings a person in to test it, and then stuff happens. And I feel like it sort of works. I mean, both on the surface level, being like an engaging story about what's happening, and then also sort of um, a bit of a critique, critique of both sub. Above overt and 
what's the opposite of overt right now? Covert? Covert. Not covert. Like, not intentional. Like, sure. unintentional. Um, sort of like um, sexism and misogyny in sort of like the tech industry because every AI he creates is this woman for him to fuck, basically. And the dude only helps the other AI because he's, like, into her. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think the ending is perfect, and I really liked it. I really like, too, um, the way that the AI has, like, a sense of autonomy. Mm-hmm. You know, that... that um, a lot of your assumptions about her as an audience, or at least for me, my assumptions about her as an audience member are his assumptions. Mm. And when she, but I, but I suspected the whole time that that my assumptions about that were false. That like as I'm watching it, I'm getting a feeling that she feels A, B, or C. But there was another part of me that say, "You have no idea what she's." I mean, who knows that she feels anything? She's a yeah. fucking robot man. Yeah, You're projecting exactly. that. And it, but I think that's the point of the narrative. And then when it turns out that you're right, that you are projecting a lot of things onto this, it like, I don't know if that's the point. Like I think the movie functions without this. But for me, it's a. It made me think about why am I projecting these things onto this literal machine? I'm like, yeah, oh, she yeah. <laughs> and I think that's really why the ending works so well. Is because right. the whole movie, you're watching it from Dom Hill Gleason's perspective, but the movie is really kind of from her perspective, not her. It's perspective, it's perspective, which you assume is a her. Like, I think it really works on those things really well. Yeah. It's one of the movies that I think I would be most interested in someone from the female, a female perspective on it, because I didn't get sure. a chance to read one, because I think there's a lot of using the assumptions of male identity to make yeah. the movie work. Right, so, right, right, right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I would actually, I, I too would like to hear that, because I don't know how much of that works and how much doesn't. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Whack is having broken our iPod. <laughs> because <laughs> what happened? Um, so we're sometimes, we had an iPod shuffle, really, really tiny one. Sure. And it has been through the wash. Oh. And the third time it accidentally threw the wash was one time too many. Oh, man. Three and times, with a, though. with about a 45-minute to hour ride commute each way, <laughs> podcasts are awesome. And now I'm also relying on radio and not keeping up with podcasts because I just like I listen to them when I'm cleaning but the cleaning also involves like washing the dishes and things that are loud that drown out the podcast a little bit so that's whack that sounds absolutely whack that's really whack what are you doing dude (laughs) I don't know because my um no 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 my um program on my laptop is like two versions old so new iPods don't work with my iTunes so it's just kind of like I'm in one of those like tech hells where my laptop essentially works but I have to right. either try to upgrade one level up, which is still one level down from where Apple's at now. Right. Or you have to find an Or archaic. trying to find an older iPod, which yeah. someone gave us one, but it was too old. Oh, snap. Which was really, I just really thought it was going to work, but it was like the original iPod shuffle. I don't even know yeah. which version we had. I, so it's just really annoying. It took me a while. I actually spent money on an iPod <laughs> that then turned out not to work well. Like, they, it technically worked, but it, when you were adding music on, it would shut down if you put in too much music as a, at a time, and then it wouldn't save all the music. It was like a real <sighs> bummer. So then I ended up getting another one. It was like a real pain trying to find a iPod. Like, for me, you know, knowing that they're not going to make iPods anymore, in my brain, I'm like, okay, well, I better get one, whatever. But apparently that's what everyone thinks, and it's like actually really hard for me uh, at least to find an iPod right now. Okay. Wow. Especially because I'm not looking for a shuffle. I mean, I think it might be easier to find a shuffle. I'm like, 
give me something with like a lot actual, of gigs. Like 180 I need, gig. IPod. I have 200 gigs of music. You just need an external hard drive, dude. Yeah, you do. No, I have an external, but you can't listen to an external hard <laughs> oh, drive. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, that's a good point. I, in fact, I even just took, I now have three external hard drives. <laughs> Holy Because Moses. I have my two terabyte hard drive, right? Okay. But I've also been using that to back up my laptop because for whatever reason, Windows 10 is not good with my laptop so it's been <laughs> crashing so i've been using it as the backup and it's eating up space and so i needed to free up space for my laptop backups yeah yeah and uh, my stepdad just gave me two of these little terabyte johns that were on sale that are usb 3.0 so it's like a faster usb yeah and i have that on my computer but i've just never used it because i've never had anything that took it you know mm. so i figured it'd be easy to transfer my music so on one hard drive i have my music on the other hard drive i have all the cinepunks Stuff. stuff. Well, all the old Cinepunk stuff, I need to put the newer stuff on there so it's backed up. But Right. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I'm like, is this really where I'm at now where I'm going to start having <laughs> multiple hard drives? I'm going to have to label them like what each hard drive is. And it's crazy. Get that shit encrypted, dude. <laughs> Yo, Josh. Yeah. Whacking on track. Whacking on track. Um, on track, I watched um, He Never Died. The, the Henry Rollins horror sure. movie. Have you have you seen that? I have one? not. No, it's, I've heard good things. It's fun. It's a fun movie. Um, it's like uh, Henry Rollins is this weird dude who's just kind of a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And it's funny. Here's that sounds so so not Henry Rollins. Totally what the movie is. Henry Rollins being bummed. But no, um, he finds out he's got a daughter, and like you find out that he's somehow immortal. He can fight people a bunch and get stabbed and shot and all this stuff, and he doesn't die. And then you know he's the daughter gets don't, kidnapped. Don't give anything away. Well, no, dude. That's I mean that's good. Just there is good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Here's the so, thing. Here's the thing about that movie. I saw it before the trailer came out. Yeah. And there's stuff revealed in the trailer that, that if you, you watch the movie is a big reveal. Yeah. So in the one at least one of the trailers and I feel like some of the people involved with the movie felt this way too that the trailer gave too much away. Yeah. But in one of the trailers they basically reveal why he's immortal. Yeah. And if you don't know that going in, the movie's more interesting. Right. Because you're just kind of like, why is he why living is he forever? Able to what do is this the deal? Yeah. And then when the big reveal, you're like, yeah, cool. <laughs> it was, here's the funny thing about that movie. As being a Black Flag fan for years, sure. I'm used to the scenes of Henry Rollins screaming sure. and being angry. But I'm not used to it in this paradigm of him being an actor in a horror movie. So it's like these familiar holds, but like... It's a different grip, if you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's pretty wild. But uh, I definitely will rate that as an on-track experience. Sure. Um, another on-track thing that I did this week is that I saw Beach Slang with Field Mice, Field Mouse, and Tim oh, Casher yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah, church, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, they were awesome. I thought that um, Field Mice were good. I mean, they're kind of paint by numbers indie rock to me, but like you know, they kind of follow the super chunk vein, you know, yeah, like the poppy, but sparkle kind of thing. And then Tim Casher from Cursive did a solo bit where he kind of did the Billy Bragg thing with him and an electric guitar, just solo. It was fine. I, if you like Cursive, you'll like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, Beach Slang were awesome. And uh, their songs sounded really, really good. Every criticism I've heard of that band is that, like, oh, well, his voice, the vocals don't translate from the record to the live experience. You know, he did, he he um, he doesn't auto-tune, but he definitely uses a lot of vocal effects on the records. Sure. Whereas I thought it sounded fine live. I, I mean, you know, I'm not a Weston fan or anything like that, but I definitely like Beach Slang a lot. I thought they were mm. good. Whack. Beach Lang had a lot of stupid onstage antics, and I'm calling an end to it. I'm saying, listen, bands, stop with the antics. Get back to the work. You know what I mean? What am I paying you for? <laughs> you, 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 wanted, you wanted more rock. Dude, do you remember when roll. Shark Attack used to play? They used to just get on stage. They'd say, hi, we're Shark Attack from Philadelphia. Burn through the set, and then that'll be it. Thank you. Goodbye. I like that. 
I don't know if I'm at that point, but I do think sometimes bands think they're funny and yeah. they're not funny. No, oh, there's nothing worse than that. Dude, it's awful. The the other whack part about it is that there was a it's you know, when NPR plays a band that has a punk root that doesn't let go of that root. Sure. Those bands end up playing the punk venues and the NPR people come out for it and it sure. becomes weird. Because it and here's here's the funny thing about it. Number one, it is the only example I can think of where some of my white friends can understand the concept of cultural appropriation. Because then they look at these people and they're like, Hey, what's he doing here? He doesn't deserve to be here. This guy didn't earn coming down to the church basement and then this is our thing. And then it's like that's what it feels like to be a minority. <laughs> and to see your fucking headrests uh, Bonnaroo girl walking around with a Starbucks cup and the fucking Native American headrests on. That's what that fucking feels like. <laughs> Welcome that, to the world of cultural appropriation, you know, my that, friends. That, that might actually and, be that might actually be a fair it's I mean a, it's, it's a strange yet fair I think, analogy. I think, I think it's a little it's it's a little off in that um oftentimes in the case of the punks suddenly getting normal fans. Mm-hmm. Punks are still the people also making the money. The thing about the headdress thing, the headdress thing, or other Native American appropriation is, it's not like people are flooding into the reservations and dropping millions of dollars <laughs> yeah, on Native, <laughs> unless you count casinos. But right, right. other than that, the the people who uh, whose cultural experience created the art do not benefit, and that's right. to and me that's, that's the issue. If the issue is, well, what's weird is everyone got really obsessed with with uh, you know, like I think an interesting experience would be hip hop in that um, that one's more complicated because at least the artists are making some money. Though yeah. you could argue that they're often white record labels. Well, are see, but more then money, the argument but, also is that hip hop started mm-hmm. as a money. Like a sure. money-driven thing, sure. you know what I mean. So you can't really say like, "Oh no, they're making money." You know. I think the only issue with appropriation related to hip hop is only when people think that crime and the life of poverty is just like a cool shirt to wear. Yeah, no, that's and bad. not like a difficult experience. Like <laughs> yeah, if someone, and granted, that's partly on some of the artists. Some artists treat it with respect, even as they use it as part of their art. But some artists, it's like they exonerate funny. it. Yeah, and it it's like a it's thing. like a goofy thing, and they know. Right. They know the effect it has, but they just don't. It just doesn't matter. It makes yeah. money, so whatever. That doesn't. That and, doesn't but work. at the same time, I don't want to get on some high horse about that because uh, so often the artists who are the worst at that, who really do like, they're also legit. Like they're literally like, well, I could do this, or I could you be know, real. Just you know, be involved <laughs> in crime. So guess what? This is better. Yeah. Am I gonna be like, yo, uh, that's fucking wild? Like I, I don't know where I could put myself on that scale in relationship to something like Beach Lang. Or some of these other, like that's happened with bands like Def Heaven or mm-hmm. some other bands that maybe uh, NPR picked up. And or even just other bands that just became popular. Sure, 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 I mean? sure. Like the Get Up Kids. Or like, but I, you know. I, I, I think we walk an interesting line there in that I don't want to be the cranky old punk dude that's like, well, here's, look at all these fucking Here's posers. what happened, though. Here's what happened. So I, I was hanging out with a listener of the podcast and friend Shayna, OB's wife, if you listened to our last episode. What's up, Shayna? And uh, we were hanging out. We're talking in the church. And mm-hmm. these two young ladies, who are very inebriated, sure. we were sitting, you know the stairs, the two stairs right before the men's bathroom in the church? Sure. Sitting at the side of those. Two young ladies, very clearly inebriated, tripped on top of us. No one else was sitting on the steps. It was just the two of us to the side. Tripped hmm. on top of us and spilled an entire beer on my gal Shana while Ugh. laughing. Now, I didn't get any beer spilled on me, so I don't know if I can share with, the, with her anger. However, the two young ladies then went into the bathroom while laughing, sure. at which Shayna followed them. Now, <laughs> I was posed with the question, am I going to charge into the ladies' bathroom 
and stop Shana from killing one of these women. And also, on, a, on another, another level, find out if their bathroom is actually nicer than the boys' bathroom in that church. <laughs> but then Shana came storming out, and she just wiped up the beer. She had, like, napkins. But then the girls came back out afterwards, and we were still standing there cleaning the beer. And they were just laughing, and they didn't apologize. And it was just, like, one of those things that, like, dude, I've seen people get the shit beat out of them at that church over less offenses than this. Well, I mean, this is... this is, this And I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying. But it I think, used to be a thing where people like that were afraid to come to the church because of these things. They I don't, wouldn't just I don't overstep think, that I don't boundary. think that's accurate. I, no? think, I think that you are just as likely to have a situation like that at a punk show. I've had lots of beer spilled on me at punk shows. I've had lots of rude-ass drunk people. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that punks are these vanguards of propriety that they're going to be like, <laughs> oh, pardon me, sir. I might have uh, gotten my lice on you. But you're or, saying that people might be more <laughs> apologetic because they fear violence. I'm just saying that there was a time when you just didn't do that shit without thinking you're going to fight. I mean, this is the this is part of the issue, though, is that, um, and this is not just here, this is in lots of contexts mm-hmm. where... Um, there was something like control because of the threat of violence, and you have to ask yourself: Well, is it worth? Is is the threat of violence worth, worth the, the benefit of some of sort of? And that's the the. I think the the difference is: Is there a way to shame those people? And I think very clearly not, because Shana got in the one girl's face, and she just kept on laughing at her, and then she said, "You didn't clean up anything," and very clearly. We were the ones getting the napkins, wiping up the beer when they were not. You understand? I think that, but I think the issue is that we, if you don't want to resort to violence, then there has to be some other way to deal with the situation. There has to be yeah, some other thing. I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea what it is. All I know is this. Big ups to my girl, Shana. Who For not beating eyes, that girl up. Yeah. Showed supreme constraint sure, sure, in sure. not decimating the poor woman. Shana lifts weights. She's strong. I, I bet. <laughs> so that's my way. I mean, it's it is hard. Like, uh, this is always the issue I've had in that whole culture. Of on one hand, I don't believe in violence. On the other hand, I understand why it happens. You would like, yeah. I'd see something, I'd be like, that is not the right to do, deal with that situation. But if someone, in the same way, if you are someone who does believe in the use of violence then there are plenty of situations where I've been like, no, that's justified. No, that's justified. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> well, just the question is, what's the repercussion of your actions? And if anything, sure. the punk rock world has told me that that's a thing you need to own up to. Right. And, you know, no consequence here. None. I don't know. I, I still, These poor I st- women are probably just going to take an Uber home and live wonderful lives. <laughs> They're going to listen to the next <laughs> band that Bob Boylan told them to listen to. Who I the mean, fuck is Bob Boylan? <laughs> Okay, whatever. I think I I I just think you <laughs> in this case, I think I slightly disagree only in that I've had the same experience. Not that I haven't had this experience with normals at a show and they don't know how to act and they do something and you're like, "God damn it." But I've had the same experience with punks. Like I have the the literally Again. the same experience. But if you there's a whole level this is not important. We're not going to go further with this. No, but I think I think what's happening is your frustration with the fact that No, there's a whole nother level of entitlement going on that is inexcusable and shouldn't have a place in punk rock. But I just I think, don't think I just think your frustration with with these particular young ladies is combining with your general frustration of like there's a bunch of people at something that means something to you that it'd be like if you, I'm sure this happens when I, I think the best example I can think of is when I went to see It Follows, 
a movie that the first yeah. time I saw, whether, you away. whether people loved it or not, there was a general feeling of respect. Yeah. And the second time I went to see it, there was no feeling of respect. There was oh. like a, like people talking shit in the theater sort of thing. Yeah. And um and like I don't you don't have to like that movie, but you have to in the experience of watching a movie, like you have to have some respect. I think the thing with with to me the key with an experience like Beach Slang or other bands uh. is that um, for a lot of normals, they go to shows to party. Like that's the yeah. experience. That's what it's there it's for. Such a weird. That's thing. the only reason they're there. And the experience of seeing a cool. Have you seen popular bands live? It can be the most boring experience. Like you're just sta- oh. you're standing in a giant crowd. You yeah. can barely see what's going on. Um, and unless they have a huge, especially mid level, I think once you get to a huge level, you can afford the sort of stage craziness that you're like, whoa, like anyone would be amazed. <laughs> but mid level bands playing at mid level clubs that don't can't afford stage antics, can't afford explosions and the like, yeah. that's a boring ass experience. Wow. And you're used to going to shows mm. where the crowd participates in the experience of the show. Right. So the experience you're having with this crowd is like, they're not participating other than to be like, wee. Yeah, and like drunk. Uh. Party. Dancing, yeah. Who the fuck dances. All right, let me let me do my <laughs> right, whacking on track. So, uh, whack, and we're gonna discuss this on horror business hopefully soon. Um, we just haven't had a chance to record yet, but uh, I, I went and saw Krampus, and you were not stoked. That was not a good movie. Whoa, you were bummed. I I think my initial response to Krampus was, it has problems, but it's okay. But the more I've thought about it, the less I've liked it. The more I've thought, like, oh, but this part really sucked, and oh, that yeah. part I didn't really well, like. Well, you kind of don't have to think about it, is the thing. It's yeah. it's definitely not a movie to think about it and no. just enjoy the moment that you had. Yeah, but I didn't really enjoy it enough to make uh, it worth that. Like, right. I, I just think, for me, it's, it's, it's a movie that has lost value over time, and it wasn't even that, like, I left Valuable being like, that was fine. Yeah. And then over time, I'm like, well, maybe it wasn't that fine. Maybe I just have a low bar because I haven't seen a new good Christmas horror movie in so long. I just wanted this one to be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, that's I'll definitely, that. I feel like that's definitely my whack. As far as on track, uh, I recently I watched The Lobster. I really liked that. What was um, that? The fuck is The Lobster? You guys don't know about this movie? No, I don't. Colin Farrell. Oh. Uh, what's her first name? The Sidhu or whatever from uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. Oh, um, the Leah, Leah, some yeah, shit like something that. like that. Um, French, Frenchy McFrencherson. Here's the thing: go look up the lobster because I'm <laughs> failing right now to remember <laughs> who's in this movie. But it's people you would recognize. Oh, obviously, uh, oh John C. Riley. Oh, one of my favorite three named actors. Yeah, uh, him and William H Macy's. There's also a, <laughs> there's also a variety of like recognizable British actors. It's a it's so the it's a Greek director mm-hmm. filmed in Ireland. Now, you may know this director from a little movie called Dogtooth. Oh, okay. oh yeah, 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 I saw that. So it's, I guess his movies in general are these sort of avant-garde, slightly Coming surrealistic. Yeah, well, very much like, not so much surreal as like absurdist. Yeah, you know? okay. The Lobster is feels more like satire than absurdity. Like it feels like there may be a point. There may be something he's trying to say. Yeah. Uh, whereas his other, like Dogtooth, didn't really feel like it had like a point. Like it didn't feel like this is why we're doing this. This is the thing, you know. Whereas the Lobster sort of seems to be about romance and relationships mm-hmm. and about the ways that capitalist culture sort of forms around relationships and sort of pushes them on you, as well as the idea mm. of formalizing relationships between people. Yeah. So, but it's weird. Like a dude, everyone who is single has to go to this hotel. And if you can't, 
can't find someone to oh, love you. Oh, you turn into an animal. 30 days, yeah. you turn into an animal. They turn you into an animal, and then you are that animal for the rest of your life. Now, you might find someone to be with when you're an animal, but of course, they can't guarantee that for right. you. Um, and every night, the people who are at the hotel go out and hunt the loners. So there are a bunch of people who've given up on society. And, and they're live. just animals? No, they're humans who live in the woods. Oh. And huh. they, they, the people who lead the loners won't <laughs> let them have relationships. You have to be on your own. Wow. And so the people <laughs> in the hotel hunt the loners, and you get an extra day for every loner you catch, and then the loners are turned into animals. Right. So huh. um, it's ridiculous, but it unlike, sounds amazing, though. Unlike, yeah, dog, yeah. unlike Dogtooth, it actually has some emotional weight. Like you actually care about the characters more, even as they're being awkward. Colin Farrell is unbelievable in it. Like yeah. it's one of his best roles, I think. Also on track, I went to that All Out War, War show. show. How was that? How was mm. Pepito? All Out War. How was a friend of the podcast, Jay Pepito, singing for Shy Halud? So uh, Jay was great. I, I, I hate to say this because... Wait, I, Shy Halud's still around? <laughs> oh, Sean. Sean puts un, undiplomatically the thing with which I was figuring out a <laughs> diplomatic way to say. This is a shame because... Uh, because Sorry, I'm friends. Shy Halud. No, that's not Why? It's not your pronunciation. It's the fact that uh, we don't want to point out how weird it is that they're still a band because they're friends with us. <laughs> so Jay Pepito was singing for Shy Halud, which is still Matt Fox. It'll always be Matt Fox forever and ever. And then seemed like all new people, including yeah. Pat. Do you know Pat from Swashbuckle? No. He's in a lot of other bands, but he was playing bass for them that night. So right. it was very much sort of a, you know, sort of smushed together band, whatever. But it was yeah. cool to see Jay in that role to see him back on stage yeah um, yeah I mean I feel bad because I like all the people involved I like mm. Matt Fox a lot Matt Fox asked if he could be on the podcast nice which is cool and we'd love to have him on um, I am one of those people who has not kept up like I will still rock that first uh, Shy two I guess two releases because it's the EP and the full length okay yeah yeah I would rock both those but all the later albums like I hate to say that and I feel bad you know saying that because Matt still puts a lot into it yeah. I just, it's just not my thing I'm just not into that's it that's okay but Dude, seeing we're not Jay the apologists. I mean they did do a, mostly old songs yeah so that was cool and they did do a cover of uh, Life is Pain by Marauder oh wow and oh. I definitely moshed for that I'm a not Marauder gonna lie okay. I'm not gonna lie Marauder cover I'm moshing so. how, was, how was All at War uh, all was great. You're skipping the most important part of the show oh, for me, well, which oh. was the return of Mother of Mercy. Oh, all, yeah. I mean, not that All at War isn't, to me, one of the greatest hardcore bands of all time, considering they've never put out a bad release. They're still good live. Like, very few right. bands can say that. Um, but still, I've seen All at War a lot. So while I would have still gone to see All at War, the highlight for me was like, oh, man, Mother of Mercy hasn't played a show in Philadelphia, I think, things, I think since 2012, at least 2013. And uh, no offense to... Bob Wilson's many other bands, but that's my that's favorite, your of, favorite his of his. Yeah. They're the heaviest, you know. Like I, I, I'm still though I listen to a lot of fast hardcore. I still prefer heavy hardcore. And Malice at the Palace, his new band, is kind of heavy, but something about Mother of Mercy really like struck me. You know, yeah, the religious connotation of the name, maybe. No, you jerk. <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, Josh. Um, no, but they were good. I guess the thing is, too, is they haven't played in a while. Like, the, some of the guys in the band are involved in other bands. Yeah. So it's not like they have been out of music necessarily, but they just they haven't played in a while. I thought maybe it would be rough, but it was a sick set. They got a good response. It was a good time. Yeah. Then All at War was amazing, but, uh, you know, it's at Ortlieb's. It's a small room. Yeah, that's fun, though. Some no? people like it. Some people hate it. I think... I think I like it, but for my mosh style, it's hard. And definitely at a certain point, I did a spin kick 
someone grabbed my leg, which is fine, yeah. but I lost my balance and I fell. Nice. And I tried to catch myself with my oh, left arm. No. And my shoulder was just done. So I left before the show was over. And I left my hat behind unintentionally. Like oh, I couldn't find it in man. people's legs. So um, I lost my hat, which is like, you know, that I only have two winter hats. So that's like one <laughs> so of my two winter hats. Oh, down. you're down hat. You're, yeah. you're half. Yeah. <laughs> one so, hat down. All that to say, it was a it was a really good time. It was a good show. Bands were good. Um, I just wish. I honestly, it makes me want to like, like every time I go to a show and something like that happens, I'm reminded how much I want to be working out more and to be more in shape, so that I can just mosh. Like you is can that hang weird? out with our man Jay Pepito. Is that weird? Well, Jay does not mosh. That's not a Jay thing. Well, no, I'm he, just saying you can get in shape with our man Jay Pepito. Well, but I live in the valley now. I would uh. I would definitely come down here. Although I think <laughs> I think Jay's working actually at a MMA spot. So Stay fly Muay Thai. Yeah, I don't think he could just like take me on to be less fat. I think I'd have <laughs> to join and do Muay Thai. <laughs> All right, so that Alrighty. is our whacking on track portion. Uh, right after the break, we will start with our discussion on Star Wars The Force Awakens. The War in the Stars. When we return. Who are you? I'm no one. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right, and we're back. All right, so Star right. Wars: The Force Awakens. Now, how many times have you guys seen it so far? Oh, I've only seen it once. Only once. I've I seen really, it twice. Now. I really wanted to go last night so I could see it twice as well, but yeah. I, I just couldn't make it happen. I've seen it twice. I saw it once in 2D, and then I saw it the second time in 3D. Okay. And uh, I, I have tickets to see it again on Christmas. So it came out on Thursday, right? Yeah. Like seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's now yeah. made what? Five hundred. Five hundred million, something like that. Yeah. Is that worldwide or U.S.? Because I thought U.S. was like two something or other, which is still is, fucking insane. I believe that's worldwide. Worldwide. Worldwide, 500 million. I believe it worldwide. It it didn't at first, but it has now broken Jurassic World's record worldwide. I yeah. really care about that. 
<laughs> I'm just setting the stage. You know, I mean, Star Wars Force Awakens. Is, if uh, I could get half a percent, I would be stoked. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I know. What is the what is the Spielberg had two percent on the original Star Wars, and that two percent has made him like forty eight million dollars. Jesus like that. Christ, that's so insane. Well, half a percent of half a billion dollars is like two and a half million, right there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yo, for real, I would kill somebody for twenty grand. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I think Han Solo. I mean, Harrison Ford got half a percent. I think you can get a little less on your mic right now. <laughs> yeah, there. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah. So wait, what did you guys think of the movie? All right. Well, I d- I feel like we should go in turns. Okay. I feel like this could. Do take we want to do like all our thoughts or like a quick thought and then a discussion? Do we just, just want to say all of our thoughts at the same time so no one can understand? We'll just count to three. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> totally great. Oh my god, that was so loud. So good. Okay, uh, Sean, as our guest, I why feel like you... Sean should start. Yeah, okay. Well no. So the quick thought, which I've shared with a couple of people, is that. I thought it was a ton of fun with sections that I thought were great with some pacing issues. Um, my overall thoughts at the end of the film in terms of the things that I'm really excited about and looking forward to are one, I feel like all the new characters not only landed, but were actually pretty awesome and I'm excited right. about. Right. And whether it's intentional or not, or if it's just my reading into it, I love the concept of your heroes lives continuing and then they fail and right. they lead and from that failure stems the need for more heroes sure like so much of this is about the legacy of the heroes from the last trilogy mm-hmm. and just how in these movies that we never saw they fucked it up sure right and i feel like that was really it was really present and i feel like harrison ford carrie fisher and mark hamill all did an amazing job especially with um you know, just, just really like facial expressions like showing decades worth of anguish and pain and doubt sure. and guilt sure. in very few scenes. You know, they, they didn't really lean on much. I mean, Mark Hamill at the end was just so tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like his face was just everything I wanted it to be. Yeah. And it got me really excited about the next one. Dude, the hand. The, I was talking to someone at work about the hand when he puts his cow back and he's got the... The fucking uh, robot hand, and yeah. it's all Ultron like, hand, but it doesn't have a glove on it. Like it's all yeah. like neck looking. Like what? Yeah. And it's more. So there's tough. more of it than there was before. Before it was really the hand. Now it's like all the way down mid, <sighs> mid like so forearm. So, so it seems interesting. Maybe yeah. the wrens messed him up a little bit. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I we're don't about know. to find out. I guess. So, what were some of your uh, talk about the pacing issues? Where did you think the movie was? It, just, it felt very rushed. It just felt like. Anytime they had half a second of setting up what was happening, they immediately needed to get to the next big action scene, which is, to me, a very J.J. Abrams thing. Like it just it yeah. felt very much like a J.J. Abrams movie. I may be in a weird spot with J.J. Abrams where I, generally speaking, like his stuff, but I don't get... Like I'm not, oh, my God, I love J.J. Abrams, and I don't get really negative on him outside sure. of the second Star Trek movie, which was awful. Literally an abomination. It's really bad, but I mean, like, Super 8, um, that monster... Documentary, not documentary. Monster, yeah, Cloverfield. I liked. I like Lost. I like the first Star Trek. I don't think that's a J.J. Abrams movie. I thought it was. Maybe no. he just produced it. Maybe he produced it. Yeah. Anyway, I mentally connected to him. I didn't that's bother fair. to look it up, obviously. But no, <laughs> generally speaking, I enjoy his movies, but I never like get head over heels in love with them. Um, and I came fairly close to being head over heels in love with Star Wars. 
I like that, that you came fairly, fairly close. close. No cigar, no Star Wars cigar. So I feel like that is a good transition into someone who I feel like is head over heels in love. Or I don't know if you're head over heels, but you're really into it. I was into it, for sure. I was definitely, definitely stoked. The issues that I had with it, I'm not sure if they're issues because um, I just am a negative dude and I look for that stuff. What was it? Yeah, he was a producer. J.J. was a producer on Cloverfield. Who directed it? Directed by Matt Reeves. Oh. Who you may also know. The Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, Didn't Matt Reeves do the second one? That's very possible. I don't actually know. I just like that TJ right Miller's yeah, in that he did. movie. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That's yeah. so that movie's awesome. He also did Let Me In, which is the, not the terrible. as bad as it could be. I yeah, think. but it still sucks. Anyway. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the issues that I had were, um, were like um, just the timeline of everything. Sure. And um, just a couple of the weird bits that, um, that kind of like, okay, so... This is 20 years after Jedi. Sure. In that time, the Empire is defeated. Sure. The, the rebels become the Republic. Yeah? That seems to be the case. Then in the 20 years, the Republic has fallen so much, in fact, that the rebels have to go back underground and this new well, order. Is so this is, this is what I think the film, and this is a, a thing. I've seen no less than 10 think pieces that were... J.J. Abrams explained this plot point. J.J. Abrams right. explains this plot point. And I'm like, isn't it a sign that the movie is weak in some senses because he has to do all this work? Honestly, in some ways, J.J. Abrams made a really slick sequel for movies you haven't fucking seen. Yeah. Like, there are... Like, yeah, That yeah. 20 years, there's, there's a lot so of shit that happened. There's so much going on. In the, what yeah. I've been able to put together, I think, is that... Um, and this is, not a, this is not an obvious direct analogy, but I think it works. Um, the... First Order uh-huh. is more similar to like ISIS. Oh. That they are a very uh, aggressive. I, I would say they are more organized and they yeah. clearly have more influence even than ISIS does, but they are a rogue nation. Right. Maybe, I, maybe even you could really say that ISIS is more of a terrorist group than an actual nation. Right. But right. it's similar to that. They are a rogue nation. They have not, they, I mean, I say nation, but obviously they're intergalactic. But mm. the idea is that they are not. A government and the republic at this point is the actual government, right? And the first order has established themselves far away to some extent from the republic, mm. is doing their own thing, right? And they're sort of at a stalemate with the republic, and the resistance is the unofficial people fighting the first order from the because republic. they're related to the dark side, but they don't represent the republic. And to me, this is actually. As if it is, if I'm accurate in this description, mm-hmm. this is actually one of the better parts of the movie in the backstory, but isn't explained well. In right. that saying, because what's the issue in the prequels? Like, this is actually one of the few places where, the, where it relates to the prequels. The Republic that existed in the prequels, also pretty toothless and bad at taking care of itself. Yeah. What we see in the J.J. Abrams movie is the same thing a Republic that can't uh, really deal with shit. Yeah. And now you have the Resistance, and the Resistance is to me taking the place of the Jedi. Everyone right. in the resistance believes in, in the force, force, which wasn't true with in the Republic. Those, yeah. Well, and it wasn't even necessarily in well, the original Star Wars movies. In the original mean, Star right? Wars movies. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In the, in the in the Republic, the old Republic, they all believed in it cuz the Jedi existed. You would see them. They existed. Oh, right, whatever. right, right, right. The resistance is taking the place of the Jedi in a world where most of the it, most of the universe doesn't really believe in the Jedi. Uh-huh. It seems like the resistance are like people who are like, "Yo, the force is real." Yeah. Luke Skywalker was real. 
uh-huh. and we're going to fight the First Order, who's tr- who's for the dark side. And it seems like the Republic, and this, will, I hope, will come out in other movies, because you got to keep in mind, they're doing Han Solo spinoff movies, yeah, at least are. one, if not multiple. And those are going to take place between that in that 20-year gap. In that 20-year between so Jedi I think and... in there is where they're going to work out some of those politics, which right. is fine, except for J.J. Abrams is like, so I can just gloss it. And I don't <laughs> think you can gloss I think yeah. it would be really helpful to hear think, more of that. And yeah. I think that actually gets back to my pacing point is that I feel like that was the biggest legitimate issue in terms of plot and like backstory. And one relatively good two minute scene probably would have cleared all that up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, agree. And I just think it goes back to the pacing issues of they didn't feel like taking that two minutes because we can have another fight. Yeah. Well, and Josh, you, but you, I, I, I think Sean's like, these are some of the problems, but it was still really fun. What I love what I'm it hearing because from you is you love it, but you recognize there's some things that yeah, could have been better. But you sure. still love it. I You're still love it. Love. I still I'm happy to see it a third time in sure, the theater. Sure, possibly four, maybe five. Who knows? I don't know, but I'm definitely down to see it times. more times. Dude, I spent six hours watching it this weekend. That's so much time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's no, like that's I also awesome. I also work all weekend, so it's like, dude, having that time to do that. It's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. still, it was. I thought it was really fun. Well, so I liked. What I, were some of the best parts? Like, give dude, us some highlights for you. My favorite scenes were like the the lightsaber fight at the end. Yes, that scene was yeah, so, it was so boss. Good. Oh my god, Yo, it was so good. Ray, awesome. Oh, dude, when the lightsaber comes flying out of the snow into her hand, I fucking audibly like yelped. No, I I, like, I cheered. I yeah, definitely cheered. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I was like, yo, I'm in this audience. I don't know what the response is going to be. And I'm like, if people aren't as stoked as me, fuck all. Yeah, y'all. dude, you guys can all shut the fuck up because, dude, that scene yeah. was so rad. And um, I really liked. I liked the Finn character. I I had an issue with um with Poe. With Poe, what's his name? With uh, Oscar Poe Dameron? Yeah. Yeah, because he's kind of like a bit of a swashbucklery kind of guy. Yeah. And that, that mm-hmm. kind of bummed me out a little bit. Like, you know, he's no wedge. You know, I wanted a bit more of a, a laid back. Like, you don't have just some See, guy. See, I think they just broke up the character traits of the original yeah. movies into other characters. So, like, uh, neither Ray nor Finn are mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But combined, they're kind of like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Neither Ray nor Finn nor Poe are Han Solo, but actually parts of Han Solo are spread around them. That's that's a very Um, interesting But none of them are like but none of them are cads. Like that's the thing that the series seems to lack for me is in that first movie. There is a little bit of feeling of like, is Han Solo going to screw them over? Because you don't really know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Becomes a hero. I think. Um, well, I will. I'll get into my thing in a, in a sec. But I see what you're saying. I I liked that about him. It made me mm. want to see more of him. Yeah. Okay. I actually wanted to see more of him as this like, hey, I'm the best, <laughs> and uh, I will I will give everything for this. Because what's interesting is it's one of the few times you've seen someone so dedicated. Not just to the resistance, but to the force. Yeah. Who's not a Jedi. He has no powers. He's, yeah, a, he's just yeah. really good at flying a thing. Yeah. And then outside yeah. of flying a thing, he's not a good fighter or anything. What he did you guys. Uh, here's another thing that I noticed. Um, Go ahead. In a lot of the vehicles and in C3PO, the weird red panels. What do you guys think about that? <sighs> did you notice that? Like in the TIE fighter that Finn and Poe steal to get away, it's an all black TIE fighter with one red panel. And then if huh. you look at, at oh, Finn's, yeah. if you look at Finn's X-wing fighter, it's a black X-wing fighter. He's black one, but it's got a red panel on it. And then you get to see three PO, and he's like, "Oh, is it the arm?" And he's got the one red arm. And I just like I think I missed that because I didn't see it a second time. I think mm. first time, all I'm thinking about is how the story's working, and I'm not yeah. noticing as many details. Yeah, so yeah, for example, yeah. like you know the famous Daniel Craig scene. Yeah, I missed it because I didn't. 
I wasn't thinking like. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I found out about that this morning. Yeah, no, Daniel Craig is in the movie for people who don't <laughs> so, know. So there's so many Daniel, people in the movie. Daniel Craig mm-hmm. is in the movie. He's uh, the Simon he's Pegg's the, in the movie. Yeah, uh, Daniel Craig is. Well, the I storm, that. Daniel Craig is the stormtrooper who she mind wipes. Like that's Daniel Craig. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I missed that in the movie. I well, I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if that was him. But I was more enwrapped in the movie than I was thinking about those things. Right, right, right. What did you think of, of well, I thought that Kylo Ren was awesome. I thought that um, as a villain, he was really good. But then when you take off the mask and you see it's that dude from Girls or whatever, what's his name? Um, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. <laughs> dude, he's the perfect Kylo Ren in that he is equal parts spoiled child and gifted person. This is what's so and funny to me is when I saw it, when he took, I mean, I saw it in Brooklyn. Yeah. So I think when he took his helmet off, there was just natural laughter because people were like, oh, it's that asshole. <laughs> or it's me, everybody in the crowd. But for me, he was so good. Like, even that scene where he takes his helmet off, he continues to rule that. Like, this, you know, I've, I've, I've read a couple things from other people just to get a feeling of what responses are. Uh-huh. And people who didn't like the movie tend to not like him in the role or think or, mm. or not love him in the role. Right. And people who love the movie tend to love him in the role. And I think, like, for me... I fucking loved him in that role. Yeah. He might have been, as much as I really appreciate all the characters, performance-wise, he might have been my favorite performance in the movie. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, I think he was I, awesome. I, I mean, think he was perfect. If we're not counting Chewbacca, who Dude, this was on. the best Chewbacca oh my movie gosh, of yes. any of the movies. <laughs> Chewbacca gets serious. killing it so hard. I, and I assume, Dude. they just because they killed off Han... Chewbacca's in the rest of the movie, right? Like, I, I assume holding, so as well. I, he better be in all the movies I mean, forever. I also didn't he know what revenge. The, like, what's the timeline for a lifespan of a of a of uh, a Wookiee? This is actually so. This is a Ooh. funny thing because this is one of the things that you know Neil deGrasse Tyson did one of his dick things where he's like, "Here's all the inaccurate science." Uh, and one of the things he said wait, is, "Why?" I mean, I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, but why would you bother Star with something Wars. like that? This is the thing. This is what people don't <laughs> understand. Star Wars never was scientifically accurate because it's made up. <laughs> it's not Star Trek. Star None Trek of it is scientifically Star- accurate. Well, to be fair, old Star Trek tried a little bit to be yeah. somewhat sciencey. I meant Star Wars when I said that. Yeah, but yeah, Star Wars. The no, science it's a fantasy, fantasy versus science fiction. Yeah. 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 But that being said, um, one of the things he said is, "Well, how old are Wookies and aging and whatever?" And this is something that's been covered. You, you got to remember, there are like reams and reams of weird Star Wars lore. Yeah. So nerds have informed me via Twitter, or rather I read their tweets, they were telling me directly, that uh, Wookiees live for hundreds of years. Oh, they're they, like the elves of Middle Earth. Yeah, they live a long time. So Chewbacca is like middle-aged. He's okay. like, All right. he's not old, you know, yeah. he's like sort of in yeah. the, you know, he's not as old as Han Solo in his general age, but he's like, you know, He's whatever. still spry. In, he can in still sort of get his, his own crossbow life. clicking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, when he goes running through shooting all that shit, shooting Sick. all that stuff. Sick. So yeah. stoked. I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll, Moses. There's only a few things from the prequels that I would put up with in these new movies. Yeah. One of them is Wookiee Planet. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, yeah. That would Wookie be awesome. Wookiee Planet was one of the few things in the fucking Kashyyyk. prequels that was worth anything. Right, right, right. Oh, Wookiee Planet, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wookie no, Planet Wookiee Planet's awesome. Yeah. And Wookiee Planet works in a way that Ewoks never did. Yeah. I never want to see another Ewok again for the rest of my life. Never yeah, they've been to have those little teddy bears. No. Done with them. Oh, man. Okay, so oh. let me let me jump in with my evaluation. I think we all three of us like this movie. Right. Um, I I think 
I'm perfectly willing to admit that part of my love for the movie is nostalgia. Yeah. I, I mean, think none of us who... I don't think anyone who loves the movie loves it purely because of what it is. Right. There has there to be has an to element be a, of nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, the Millennium Falcon thing when she's like, yeah, oh, that's a piece of drunk. We're going to this one. It gets a lot of... Uh, the drunk will do and it's the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> so many people have been like, well, so that's, that's pure fan pandering. And I'm like, yeah, it's perfect yeah. fan pandering. It's no, exactly no, it what is. I want. It's perfect. perfect. I cried when that happened. I, I, think, <laughs> I think I have three things that kind of bummed me out in a way that like I wasn't willing to go along with. Right. One is like at first the echoes of the first movie I'm totally fine with. Okay. So much so that I even knew are we going to do spoilers? Are we spoilering? Yeah, dude. It, this is the reaction episode. Y'all, spoilers. If you haven't seen it by now and you're listening to this, you are in the minority. Yeah, go so on. He, here it goes. Yeah. Spoilers. I agree. <laughs> I even was okay with the fact that someone had to die. Right. The first of the prequels the first of the original series. This is the first of the new series. Someone has to die. Right. And my guess, it was going to be Han Solo. In fact, I remember thinking, if it's Chewie and not Han Solo, I'm oh, actually going to be pissed. Really Because that wouldn't work. Yeah. That would be like a cop out. No know? way. So like, I knew it was going to be Han Solo, whatever, whatever. That I'm fine with all that. I just don't... It, this is, I think this is related to pacing. If the rest of the movie had been paced the way I wanted it to, where we got uh-huh. more backstory... And then there was also just a big Death Star, which is really all that thing is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally a, a giant Death it's Star. It's a giant Death Star called the Star Killer or whatever <laughs> it is called. It's yeah. just a planet-sized Death Star. Some part of me is like, okay, I'd be fine with that. But it's like there was a rush. Like For me, the movie worked really well. The begin, the, let, Let's put it in three-act film. Okay. First act works really great. Beginning of the second act, I'm still with them. The transition from the second act to the third act is so Little fucking wonky. rushed. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Well, just like the scene, the scene when they come up with a plan to blow up the planet killer. It's just... It's like you might yeah, as well like, see... Let's just use bombs. <laughs> I know. They're like... It's, it's bigger. The only thing... The only defense I will have of that, and I, you know, I'm not trying to defend it too much because I, I think it's actually a bad decision. The yeah. one defense I will say is at least they made it harder. Like in both the times they destroyed the Death Star in the original series, it's always the same problem and it goes pretty easy. Yeah. This movie, yeah. it's like... We yeah. Got to blow this thing up, and they go to blow it up. They're like, "Huh? Funny enough, didn't this thing's hard up. to blow up. We well, didn't blow it up enough." The planning scene, though, I wanted Oscar Isaac to clap his hands. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like, honestly, right, I, 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 I 100% <laughs> think that planning scene was one to show us more people in the resistance, two to have a bunch of side characters that are J.J. Abrams' friends from right. Lost okay. and other things. And now about the side characters from the raid and the raid two in there. I saw that. I knew. Yeah, that, I knew yeah, that totally they were in the movie. And no fighting. I know. My, that was my only critique of that. Was <laughs> like, like, how are you going to have them not fight? How you know these dudes that can walk on walls just for no like, reason? They could have been like yeah. <laughs> Kylo Ren's like guards or something in like some sort of cool fight. But yeah. whatever. So I think, whatever. so this is my thing. So I think the, the ways that it recreated the first movie <laughs> were fine, but it just got excessive. I know. They put on the... It's, it's kind of perfect. No, it's good. It's Star Wars <laughs> is on in, the, in Amalgam right now. So anyways, the point being is that... Um, it, it started to become too much. Then, right. same thing with you, the pacing. I think I actually enjoyed the pacing most of the movie, even with its J.J. Abrams, here's a little bit of information, we'll just keep going, because the character work was so good, I was with right. it. Yeah, that the character moment, was good. The slow down before the third act is where you give us information. It's not yeah. where you see the shittiest, dumbest plan 
right hatched, just come together. And you're just like, oh, we'll just blow it up then. Okay, pops <laughs> off. <laughs> like, what? How Again, is that? Yeah, the other thing is like, a like hand clap would have made they? it Because so they're like, oh, it's going to fire in 15 minutes. Let's get the Navy there. Or whatever they call themselves. <laughs> well, Not the Navy, obviously. I, I, I did actually, at first I hated, and then I appreciated the fact that the resistance is much smaller than the Rebellion was. Yeah. Remember when the Rebellion shows up? Yeah. They have like Fleet. six, they yeah. have a fleet. They have like six Star Destroyers. Yeah, that's and true. This one, they're like, we've lost another X-Wing fighter. That's half the crew. Yeah, they have like, <laughs> they, literally, yeah. they literally have like 16 X-Wing fighters total. Yeah. Which would be like ridiculous, except for you also get the feeling that there aren't that many people in the First Order. Like even that Nazi shot where you see which all some... the people on the planet, it's a lot of stormtroopers. But then you think yeah. like, well, that was nothing compared to the Empire. Like yeah, you yeah, do get yeah. the feeling that both yeah. of these organizations are a little haggard. Right. You know, right, they're right. not, the, the First Order is not the Empire. Because if the First Order no, was the Empire, not. there would be no Republic. Like, yeah. like this is what helped me is really thinking of the attack on the Republic as like a terrorist act. Right. Because. Yeah, definitely. Because definitely. They, they can't wage war. I, I get the feeling that if. They got a planet that shoots. Well, that's, not anymore. That's, that's, that's fair, <laughs> but I did get the feeling that they were that that they they weren't going to go conquer the republic. They'd rather just right. blow it up because they're like, we can't. That's not it. You know, that's right. my yeah. feeling. Again, I'm reading between the lines, and I could be full of shit. Who that's knows? good though. That was yeah, good. Yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah. So those are my two. Those are my two things. So the third thing is, probably people are going to get real mad at me, mm-hmm. but I just got to put it out there, and it's not a huge critique because I think it could work out. All right? right, but it's a combo of things. So. I don't think it's Star Wars' fault. By that, I mean Star Wars The Force Awakens team, J.J. Abrams, those people. Uh-huh. It's not their fault that it was such a big deal that John Boyega was Finn. Right. That's not their fault. All they Wait, did they was what? I didn't hear you. John Boyega was Finn. Okay. That's not their fault that that was a big deal for people. They just right. they cast somebody who's good. Uh-huh. They may have made the decision. African-American, or actually African-British. Right. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to have a black guy be in it. Like I think that's great. The problem is in the movie itself, uh-huh. his beginning narrative, which starts to change and will have an arc. Right. His beginning narrative is the classic escape slave narrative. And that's a... Yeah. yeah. And then they didn't cast any other black people in the movie. Except He's for... Uh, Luke one Peter random X-Wing fighter was black. Yeah, one. <laughs> I picked that's that what, out. That's what I'm saying. Like, how are you going to have the one dude in this role, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's mm. just so, like, watching it, I was like, oh... This is exactly those stories, which those stories aren't necessarily bad stories, but it's just yeah. such a stereotype. Like, yeah. It would have been so much cool to me if John Boyega had been the Oscar Isaac character and Oscar Isaac had been the escaped stormtrooper oh, character. Yeah. That, no, that, that would, be would have been awesome. super sick. Yeah. Now, it wouldn't yeah. have worked because I think Oscar Isaac just in his person comes across as a lot more, more established. John Boyega's young and yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah. And I think this critique is going to end up in years from now being stupid. Right. Because what's going to happen is he's going to have an arc and he's going to become a hero. He's going to become uh-huh. important. He's going to become... Pa- but in this movie, he's not. at least at first, there's yeah. this like, I don't know who I am. I need people to guide me. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to... And yeah. by the end of the movie, I think that's redeemed. I'm just kind of like, you know what wouldn't make this an issue is if you had populated the rest of the galaxy with, with other more black, black people. Yeah. That would... Then it would be less yeah. noticeable. Yeah. It would yeah. be less noticeable to me. Now, that being said... I'm throwing that out there as like a soft critique in the sense of like, like I said, the character's growing, he's changing. Yeah, and, and there's going to be an arc. And the problem, this is what I'm noticing with people, if you point at anything at all related to race even a little bit, 
yeah. people think you're making a claim that something is racist. And I will say, like, I'm not with, you know, there's like Gawker article, Star Wars is racist. And then he read it, and the woman had not even seen the movie. She just assumed it's racist because uh, Darth Vader, his color is black. Right. That's obviously the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. No, I'm not into that. But what I'm saying is, I'm not saying anything is racist. What I'm saying is, it was a poor decision to not diversify a little bit more the universe we're in because I don't think honest, yeah. honestly I think the people who made the movie never stopped to say you know what this is like this is like one of those escape slave narratives <laughs> that's weird yeah they yeah just, they just didn't think of it and it's fine it's not again it's not that it's offensive it just seemed like a poor decision right. and I'm not surprised when people who are more I just feel like people who are more sensitive to this even than I am are going to be maybe less stoked on it because of that. Right. Now, some people might not. Maybe they might see it the opposite way, that they love those sorts of stories and they don't care that John Boyega is in that role right. and it's not weird to them and they may love it. Like I, I definitely have talked to people who I think are even more sensitive to issues of race than I am who love the movie, who think it's great and don't mm-hmm. care about that. Yeah. And they see it, but they don't care. It doesn't bother them. Right. So I'm not putting that on anyone. And if you didn't see it and it doesn't bother you, that's not a judgment on you at all. Yeah. I'm just saying for me personally... I just wish there had been more people of because color. right now he's like the guy. It's like him and a couple extras and that's right. it. And it makes him such a focus. And what I'm hoping is in the future they'll cast even more so yeah. that it becomes less important. Less yeah, they need to get Michael B. Jordan in this joint. Yo, Michael B. Jordan would be sick in these movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know yeah. they want you know they you know they really want what's her uh uh what is her name? Who did uh, Selma? Ava Devorn, Devornay, Devorn. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they yeah. They really want her on one of these movies, yeah. uh, directing. And like, granted, I mean, at, by the time she comes on, she won't be able to change a lot of the story a arc. A lot, a lot. But she, well, and again, there's nothing inherently wrong. I think with the story arc, like that character no, is cool no. yeah. and he's growing. It's just the the to have such a. It's not. Uh, it's not a homogenous cast, but right. it is not necessarily a strongly black cast. And so, to have one of your few black actors in that classic role mm-hmm. is. It feels weird. It feels like you're typecasting him because of his race, which is, of course, not what they're doing. Like, it's, right. in other words, I'm not accusing them of doing it. What I'm saying is, it could be read that way. And if mm-hmm. I was a producer, I'd be like, guys, 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 can we put a couple more people on screen <laughs> so that people don't get worried about it? Because, right. you know, yeah. it, it's a perce- yeah. for me, it's a perception yeah. thing. And I think what I'm not going to do is, I recognize it's a perception thing, but what I don't want to do is the white guy thing, which is like, whenever the super uptight white guy realizes that, well, that's not what I intended, it's just your perception, they then get really combative about it. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. Like yeah. If somebody sees the movie and they're like, well, that made me uncomfortable, then I'm going to be like, okay, that's fair that it made you uncomfortable. <laughs> and it should have been addressed a little bit more. It doesn't make the movie a bad movie, but it just was on in the back of my As I was watching it, it was in the back of my mind like, man, I hope they get this dude to do more. And he does, towards the end of the movie, like the, the best part for me in that sense is the lightsaber fight. Right. He takes initiative. He's no longer like running. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. even when he joins yeah. the resistance, it's kind of like, I guess I'm in the resistance now. Like it doesn't, it, it, he doesn't have as much initiative. The end, he starts to get initiative. And even though they left him in a fucking coma, you'd know because of the, his relationship with Ray and the yeah. fact that he's there, you know, he's coming back. He's coming back. Oh, yeah, he's going to be a huge definitely. character. So yeah. I think in the end, I think people are going to look back and be like, yeah, that's my, that's my man. Like he really yeah. was someone that I could look at. and was an interesting character. Um, I think with you, uh, 
I actually think the Poe character is super interesting, and I want to see more of that. Yeah. I think we get so little of him, it's hard to understand, like, why is he such a swashbuckling? <laughs> why is he such a, a hero dude? But, <laughs> Has he been watching Earl Flynn movies all this time? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't well, know. Have you guys been dealing with a lot of backlash from the movie? Like, I've, I've had friends. My friend Glenn actively texted me just to be like, yo. Are you going to talk about how bad Star Wars is on your next episode? No. Yeah, dude, for real. Like, tons of people are straight bummed. A lot of the criticisms I've heard is, like, people being like, well, it's a good job, world. You just gave Disney $500 million. That was one thing I read. And it's like, <sighs> one, yo, so, no, 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 100%. I'm actually okay with that critique, but it's just the reality. The, the, he, the critique itself is right that it sucks that this mega corporation owns all the things I love and is going to make <laughs> money bike. But on the other hand, uh, the thing to do about that is not just not go see star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why should I boycott something? I love if, if Disney's going to start making things that I care about, then what am I going to do? Am I going to actually not go to see it? That seems yeah, weird. That to me. doesn't seem like a right decision either. For, for me, it doesn't make sense. What I would rather say is, are Make there your ways? own Star Wars. Well, in the sense of like, <laughs> there are ways to undermine the problem with I, this is, I guess, what the thing. The problem with Disney is two things. One is something that no one's talking about, and no one who's saying I didn't go see Star Wars is actually concerned about, and that is slave labor. And no one talks about this anymore. Right. And this is our thing with the Nike conversation, with all the stuff. I didn't get the memo that we don't care about slave labor anymore, but everybody else did because we all have iPhones, and we all know that <laughs> iPhones were made by people the who, blood who the are. Backs of I mean, even if you want to say like, Asian well, they, they got paid, but they got paid nothing. Like, so that's the reality. Like, yeah, that is a larger issue that we need to address. But the other issue with Disney is this um, homogenization issue. And yeah. I think the feeling is, well, if Disney made this much money from Star Wars, it strengthens them and they're going to control all of culture. But there are other ways to address that and to diversify and to build things up than not going to see Star Wars. So right. if you're someone who supports the indie film community who gives to people's indiegogos who pays for movies and doesn't download them mm. who goes to the theaters then you have every right to look at me and say i can't believe you're supporting that juggernaut that's crushing all the other things i'll say you know what you're on yeah yeah okay yeah. good point but to me i'd rather go see star wars and love it and then also do the work which we do i mean to me part of the point of this podcast is supporting independent filmmakers like we are not out here just being like Here's another big, huge movie. <laughs> I mean, this is one of this has always been one of our things is that we definitely have talked extensively about comic book movies, but I hope we've spent a lot of time talking about other things, like yeah. supporting film as a whole. And so, to me, that work is more important than just saying, you know, yeah, this thing is probably pretty good and it's something I love, but I just don't want to give Disney money. I mean, right. if you really feel that way, then fine, steal the. I mean, this is the other <laughs> thing. Like, you can steal movies, and people do. Yeah, and especially yeah, like yeah. some of the people I've seen be like, well, I'm not giving Disney my money. I'm like, okay, well, you're probably going to steal the movie though, right? Because you stole a million other movies that actually needed your money. Uh -huh. If you're gonna, if someone said to me like, I stole Star Wars because I don't think Disney needs my money, I'd be like, well, I don't agree in the sense of like you're missing Stealing. out. You're not. You're missing out on the theater experience. I am actually, this is so funny. You're, you're okay with this. Since I'm the religious one, this seems weird. <laughs> but, but I'm actually, I think the line on, on stealing in the sense of uh, a larger corporation like that 
yeah. that you have you've got that Robin Hood him. thing going on. I, I'm not convinced. I just think it's a gray area. I think there's more there to be talked about. And okay. and I'm talking about people who are already. I'm not saying like if you've never stolen a movie, you should steal Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> if you've paid for every other movie, you should pay for Star Wars too. I, right. I actually think people worked hard on it. Whatever. But I, if if someone wants to say, well, they've already got all the money, uh-huh. and so I don't want them to have my money. I'm not going to judge them for that. What really bums me out though, and this is the thing, because I've had a lot of people be like. Some of the backlash I've seen are people who are being told by their friends, if you don't like Star Wars, fuck you. Right. I'm actually not like that. If someone actually saw the movie, you actually went to see it. And you didn't and like you it. you didn't like it, cool. That's yeah. fine. Because that's an actual educated opinion. What bums me out is all the think pieces and the critiques and whatever of people who didn't even fucking see the movie. And then are just, just don't like that people like Star Wars. Yeah. Because I've been someone who is dealing with the fact that people don't like things that I like. I get <laughs> shit for liking punk and hardcore. I get right. shit for liking hip-hop. I get shit for reading comic books. I get shit for liking horror movies. Yeah. Like every, it's all there. Everyone somewhere thinks they're better than you because you like something that they think is stupid. And right. even though I'm not a Chris X-level Star Wars nerd, you right. know, I would never get a Star Wars-related tattoo, unlike my man Josh right here. Of which I have two, but yeah. go on. So I'm not at that <laughs> And level. I'm planning the only once you live Yoda tattoo, but go on. But the point, mm. the point being, O O Y L, I love that. <laughs> the point, the point, the point being is that it's not, uh, it's not fair to me to blanketly shit on Star Wars culture to just say right. it's all bullshit. Fuck you for loving this story. Fuck you for loving this this myth. The whatever, however you want to conceive of it. On the other hand, I will for the excesses. There are definitely like adults fighting children for Star Wars toys. That shit is so lame. Loving Star Wars doesn't make you a loser. <laughs> Doing that makes you a loser. Doing dumb yeah. loser shit yeah. makes yeah. you a loser. Uh, being super stoked on uh, Star Wars porn, like you just want to see naked girls with stormtrooper masks on, that is not cool, actually. It's That's weird. That's actually yeah. lame. And that, again, <laughs> it's not because you like Star Wars. It's because you've allowed your... Uh, love for Star Wars to make you do something creepy or weird or gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's, yeah, I, yeah. I, to me, you have to get specific. So I've seen people who just are like, Star Wars is big. It's owned by Disney. It sucks. People can't stop loving something they love just because it turns out that some gross corporation bought it. Yeah. And they, you might say to them like, okay, we'll try not to spend all your money on corporate bullshit. And, right. and honestly, there's enough weird bootleg Star Wars stuff that you could fill your life with Star Wars things and uh-huh. not give Disney too much of your money. Yeah, you it's really, true. Oh, yeah, you yeah, really yeah, can. Yeah. You yeah. really could do that. And if that's who you are, then I support that. Or make your own Star Wars Seriously, stuff. Seriously, just yeah. go on Etsy. You'll yeah. find shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. Make your own shit. My Star Wars shirt is not a <laughs> official one. It's an Etsy one. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go on it too hard, but I do think I do think that there is... I'm, I'm uncomfortable with two things. I'm, I am uncomfortable with people who love these movies so much that mm-hmm. they went into this movie uncritically they just loved it and then when anyone else had a critique of it they were like well fuck you like yeah. I know someone's gonna get mad at me for the Finn and the slave narrative thing they're gonna be like well that's just stupid piece. look 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 it's I'm okay. gonna see the movie yeah. again it's a good movie <laughs> it's alright I like the movie it's alright to have differing opinions I just don't understand people who like get off on being like oh that thing you love I think it sucks like my friend Glenn. It's just contrarian. It's just contrarian. Yeah, grumpiness. So, so my boy Glenn, and I love Glenn. Like, you got to understand, this is Jersey Shore Glenn. This dude is a strong part of my history. I love this man. Sure. Text me just to tell me that he, that he thinks it's bad and that I should talk he about saw, it. He saw it. He saw yeah, it. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, did you, are you going to talk about how shitty Star Wars is? And I said, no, I'm going to spend an hour and a half making fun of your ass. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> that was my plan, <laughs> which I, I'm not going to do. And I mean, but, I'm definitely not 
defending the whole thing. I mean, you've heard me say on this podcast that in my mind, as a film critic, right. there's one good Star Wars movie. Okay, and that's fair. Empire Strikes Back. That star, the first, it's not Attack of the Clones? I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> that the first Star Wars is charming, and it's fun, and they accomplished a lot with... Eleven million dollars, which is not that much money, if you really no, think about no, it, for no. what they accomplished with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely. it's 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 a triumph in many ways, but it also has problems. And then the second movie, a lot of people don't like it. I love it. I think it's great, and I think it really set up for an amazing third movie that we didn't get. What yeah, we got which was should have been amazing. Two the action movie, scenes. What we got in the third movie was two movies. A really interesting movie that happens on the Death Star between Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and the Emperor. Yeah. That is boring for most of it, but is at least philosophically interesting. Yeah. Or we got Wookiee Planet, <laughs> which was corny and dumb, and for the most part was a waste of my time. Right. And right, a lot right. of people defend Wookiee Planet, and I will straight up say, when I was a little kid, Wookiees, or I'm not Wookiee, I'm sorry, Ewoks. Ewok Planet. Ewok Endor, Planet. it's called. Well, but that's the point, right? Endor yeah. happened because they already used the Wookiees, and he's like, well, right. I need something to sell to kids, so we're going to do... There you go. Ewoks. Sorry, Ewok together, Wookie. throw rock together. Wookiees are great. But anyway. I love... Oh, my God. We Dude. should just post... Can we just post that? That's my boy Justin Grays from Burn to Build. Uh, I got to talk to my man about that. Can we just post it, though? We could post it. To yeah. see if people like it? I think it's hilarious. It's so. really funny. Anyway. <coughs> Sean, what, what, is, what is your thoughts on this? Do you Have you seen Harsh either backlash, backlash or defensive, and how do you feel about the response to the Star Wars movies? Um, I've not really had a chance to r- read much, but I, the fact is just that anytime a movie like this comes out, I anticipate both of those things happening. You know, it's just kind of part of the oh. freedom of online culture is that the people who don't like something aggressively attack and the people who love something aggressively defend it. Um, hating on something just or hating on someone or like shitting on them, like just purposely going out of your way to sort of like troll them, whether you know them or not, just because they like something you don't, it's just, I can't imagine having the time to waste to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like the reaction, uh, like the super defense reaction of you don't have the same opinion I have about a, then fuck you about a movie is, is also just, I don't think there's any defense of it. Like it's not defensible, let alone for a actually great work of art versus like just a really entertaining piece of pop culture which is what Star Wars is like right. it was a really entertaining movie but if you don't like it that's cool if you're not into space soap opera lightsabers and Star Wars planets blowing up and stuff sure that's fine you don't need to be into that stuff yeah but for those I, who are it's just a lot of fun I mean don't really. get me wrong like I'll make statements like that all the time as a joke and I hope that people know that I'm like when I'm like uh, you know, liking liking Adele is like a sickness that I hopefully will never catch. I, I, I hope people understand that like the, the strong statement of an opinion like that should to me be about the acknowledgement that it's all opinion, that it's all conjecture, yeah, that yeah. you love that thing. Because when I say it that way, I'm partly responding to people who are like, Adele is magic and if you don't get it, fuck you. You know, in the, in the same way that like I'll say that about like integrity because it's funny because actually integrity is as much as I think integrity is a magical hardcore band. It's it's hard to get into. I can understand why it's hard to get into. So it's funny to me to be like, oh, I mean, people who don't like integrity are full on posers. (laughs) Like literally the height, even normals who don't like integrity are posers. They just don't know. But on the but to me, and this is where I will say this is where I'm in a gray area. I do understand getting upset when you are defending something that is 
an underdog. So you really like something that people sure. haven't heard about, and yeah. you're like, yo, guys, get your shit together. And but get in on but, this train. But to me, you're basing that on the fact that they like other... Like, if someone's like, I hate all... Uh, I hate all goofy action movies. Right. I wouldn't then say, well, the fact that you don't like Ninja Busters makes you a poser. Yeah. But if someone likes Miami Connection and then they take a shit on Ninja Busters, right. then I'm like, okay, you're full of it. Right? Yeah, like, you're yeah doing that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. I saw some people after Banamathon posting stuff like that about Ninja Busters and just... I don't have the time to respond, but I was like, really? It didn't. That's <laughs> really? what I'm saying. I saw that too. People at Banamathon, it did not pop for them, that movie. And I thought... Oh, it's 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 got to be the time. It's because it's four in the morning. You're yeah. all tired, and some of you are posers. That was like the thing. <laughs> some of you are posers. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, well, yeah, I ju- yeah, yeah. I also just to close the Glenn narrative. Sure, I haven't really gone after Glenn uh, on this Star Wars thing, but I will say that Glenn Gouvernaut, who is one of my best buds, has a sriracha tattoo and a social distortion tattoo. Oh, so he's lame. Anyway, you've already established he's not a, he's not a tastemaker. And he loves John Lennon. Oh, definitely not a tastemaker. No, I, I mean, he's a, he, I do think I do think what I like about this Star Wars phenomenon is that it will continue to generate some amount of conversation. I just hope the conversation is worth having. Right. I think at some point it's going to start to get into the micro whatever yeah the, the nuances and like the minutiae yeah and I've already seen some of that like uh, someone was like, well there's all these stupid parts and some of the parts that people are claiming are stupid are things that are sort of standard with the Star Wars movies right and then the response to that is well just saying it happened in the other movies doesn't make it not stupid and I'm like sure but it seems to me if you're already a Star Wars fan you're gonna like that shit just yeah, don't apologize like for it you like corny ass shit yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just, like, I don't need to to me there's maybe two or three critiques of the new Star Wars that just reveals you don't like Star Wars. Yeah, and that's so that's fine. That's, that's fine. totally fine. It's cool. You don't have to like it. I mean, like I said, I, I only really love one of the movies, and even Empire has points where you're like, problems to it. oh, that's yeah. weird. Okay, yeah. whatever. That's fine. I mean, it's, <laughs> Keep that's it what you want to do. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'll watch some Return of the Jedi, even if I think it's the weakest of those three movies. Right. Yeah. I don't understand. The one thing I will say is I will never emotionally connect to prequel defenders like yeah, man, Justin I just Harlan. Don't Justin it. Harlan has been on an internet crusade <laughs> to, to, about to how exonerate much the prequels. he likes the prequels <laughs> and they're so fun. <laughs> I love he, Justin Harlan. He really only likes the first one a lot, but he likes the first one. And right. I'm like, hmm. there is no good prequel. Yeah. There are moments like uh, the Wookiee Planet fight scene Okay. Works for what it is, yeah. you know. It's got yeah, the big yeah. lizard running around on a tree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. In theory, a Yoda fight scene would be cool, but it didn't really work out. Didn't translate no. very well. Uh, the the I will say the issue with the prequels is that the story of the prequels, not the script or what you see on screen, but the story of the prequels is, is weak. It, no, 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 no. I'm in the exact opposite camp. Yeah. No, no, no. The it's, story's good. It's perfect. It's actually the exactly what would happen to set up those three movies. Right. The problem is, is then you get to the writing in the scene, the script, uh, the dialogue is the yeah. worst ever. It's, I've never... <laughs> yeah. part, part, parts of the dialogue of the prequels are some of the worst dialogue I've seen, and I watch and, shitty 80s yeah. movies. Not yeah. only that, you have Aiden Christensen in there, too. Yeah, I was going to say, it's compounded by some asshole. of the worst acting. Yeah. yeah. Like, even I, by Star Wars standards, like, the acting in... Like, Mark Hamill got better. Yeah. Carrie Fisher got better. Han Solo was always awesome, but, like... Yeah. 
the acting in the first horse is not exactly top notch. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ewan McGregor is a champ because there are multiple. Oh scenes, yeah, 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 yeah. There are multiple. He's scenes the exception. Where the basically. writing is truly trash, and Ewan McGregor somehow injects emotions out like that. The yeah, whole we have the high, get, I have the high ground scene. You like get that shit. something from him where you're like, why am I feeling emotions for Ewan McGregor right now when what he's saying? literally feels like an absurdist play like it yeah. feels like a joke <laughs> yeah, yeah like an Ionesco he, play. <laughs> he's like the only consistently good things through throughout the prequels like he yeah. rocks Obi-Wan really really well and the handful of parts of those movies that I still enjoy he's in almost all of them like yeah I think as much as both Liam Neeson and Darth Maul's characters are totally underdeveloped and throwaway characters that lightsaber fight at the end of the first one it's is pretty sick pretty freaking awesome yeah yeah, and I'll give you that. As much I'll as it's that. stupid that you're bringing Boba Fett's father into it, and like basically, as much as that's stupid, the Boba Fett Obi Wan or whatever Jango Fett, whatever the fuck his name was, <laughs> that fight scene was awesome. Yeah, and just as a character, he's the only character that works. I mean, like Anakin sucks. Yeah, Carrie Fish, not Carrie Fisher, Natalie Portman sucks. Yeah, it's I'm a, a shame because I like Natalie Portman as an actress, but in those movies, she's everything so she bad. does is bad. Oh, she's so bad. Yeah, Good and I'm Lord. in the same boat with you. I was like, Egh. yeah. So back so, to the to the new one. Are you guys excited on, on the, where they're going? Are you excited? For yeah, I'm stoked. To see. Oh, I'm totally stoked. Dude. Like, Evo has a theory that he'll never kill himself because there's always a movie that's going to come out the next year that he sure. has to wait around for. Sure. Oh yeah. And totally. by the time that movie comes around, another movie's going to be coming. Mm-hmm, so he'll sure. just be like, now I have to wait for this one, so I sure. can't kill myself now. Sure. I feel that way for this entire Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I think. You know the little issues I had to side were just—they really boiled onto mostly normal movie issues. Like you know, this is yeah. just not an upper echelon like top tier film. And and J.J. Abrams, I mean, it, uh, it's a very J.J. Abrams movie. So there's things about him that I think he does well, and there's things about him that I think he does poorly. Yeah, yeah. I will say some of the cinematography was not even as good as some other J.J. Abrams movies. Like, yeah. they're cool scenes, but it felt like it was very tight. Like, on people's And what's faces, with, the, with was, the new yeah, Death Star not having any handrails on any weird, precarious... Uh, That's so you can fall easier. <laughs> to be it's fair, though... Death rail. <laughs> no handrails. To be fair, that scene was sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That yeah, was. But yo, when he's like, when he's like I need out. you to help me with something, I was like... Oh, Yo, so give me a handrail, no. though. The give second me... he stepped out on that, I knew he was dead. I was like, he's dead. Like that that, <laughs> that the, bridge was built for people way. to fall off. Oh, yeah, no, it was awesome. When he does the hand to his face, when he does the hand to his son's face, oh. I nearly broke down because I was like, yeah. no, if, if that happened, I'm still there. I'm still like, no, you're my child. You just shoved a lightsaber through me, but I don't care. <laughs> like, you're still my child. Dude, that hand on the face and that, was so brutal. That scene is so flashback worthy. Well, what's what's crazy about that scene as well is that uh, no handrails. No, no, no. It's the moment that Adam Driver manages to perfectly combine the Darth Vader of the original series with the failed Darth Vader of the you know like the, yeah, everything, yeah, 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 everything yeah. Hayden Christensen was trying to emote to make you think he was going to become Darth Vader he failed at because he sucks yeah. and yeah, the script yeah, yeah. sucked and everything about it sucked and then in that moment you're like wow Adam Driver is actually being the character that he couldn't pull off yeah. the character who's like oh man I just I'm so and, and then you to, see the seduction of the power like just all of that and what's right interesting in about face. it what's interesting about it to me is that it it also has a comment to me this is me over intellectualizing but it has a comment about history that this is how it works that in the moment Darth Vader actually uh, went through a series of decisions and things happens and whatever and it's like this arc Adam Driver looking into the past he just sees Darth Vader 
Yeah. You know? And so mm-hmm. for him, he's making this choice to become something he's not because he feels like he has to. There's yeah. something I yeah. think really representative about that, representative about how people turn to these things. And these legacy like yeah. type dispositions. It's not the reality of Darth Vader is not what's moving the first order. It's it's his this, hope to be that Darth Vader. Yeah, this ideology, this yeah. sort of like uh really caricature, but they don't know it's a caricature. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. No, that's pretty awesome. Sick. It's so good. Sick. It's so good. Yeah. So good. No. That, that it's being awesome. said, like I said, if you saw it and you had pro- issues with stuff, like Tell I understand. Us. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. We want to hear yeah. about that. And I, I, you know, I'm excited. I'm partly excited to see the other movies though because they're not going to be directed by J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's pretty awesome. I feel like to me the greatest accomplishment, I feel like for this this first entry in the new trilogy is the legacy it sure. sets up. Like in many ways, as much as this is its own movie and is one third of this new trilogy it almost feels like a total setup to the next story of how how of figuring out exactly what went wrong and how they go about fixing it because like what's happening now it, you get a real sense that it's Luke Han and Leia's fault right yeah, yeah like, you, you just do. You really have a sense that this is their fault that they fucked up something. and they've all been running in one way or another from it and now because Kylo Ren whatever what was his real name Ben yeah. Ben. yeah, because Ben, ben kills Han Solo, and Ray, who may or may not be one of their daughters, <laughs> we didn't even really get into speculation about that kind of yeah, stuff, no. which is fine. That's all right. But because Ray shows up, I think she's Luke Skywalker's daughter. I think so too. I think that's what woke up. I don't think we have too. enough time to get into all this speculation, <laughs> but the movie clearly tries to set. The, my my feeling is the movie sets that up more than anything else. Right. So I feel like because the Jedi is so not sex positive that Luke Skywalker had a daughter and that was part of what oh, went wrong see, in his school. I feel like that could be true. I feel like the other thing that could be true is because Ben went wrong and Han left, Layla, Leia, I have a friend named Layla. I can't say Layla or Leia correct anymore. <laughs> Leia hid the son from both Luke and Han or hid, his, hid her daughter from Whoa. both Luke and Han. Dude, this is so too she, much. So she My head's going to explode. We can't yeah, do this. Because that last scene when she's looking at her, both A, she's d- devastated over Han. Yeah. But how does she so obviously know who this person is? Uh, All I'm saying is it's out there. Now, it could be that they just fuck with us and say, like, oh, this is Star Wars. You're assuming it's someone's child, and it's not going to be. That's also true. I really think, this is my theory, it's Luke's child, (laughs) and uh, Kylo Ren knows Luke has a child, and that's part of his... Why he hates her and he wants to kill her. I mean, I think it's going to be the same arc as the first movies, which they fucked up, which is you realize that your leader is actually not morally perfect, and it starts to make you question things, Mm -hmm. and they failed at doing that in those prequels. Oh, my God. But they could could do it in the post, like, well, what went wrong between Ben Solo and Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Yeah. How did it go wrong? And I bet something like that could happen. Yeah, and that's what gets me really excited about the movies going forward, yeah. is because I think they set it up, and I think they did a fantastic job of setting it up. All right, I agree. I agree. So you want to take a break and then do the yeah. things coming up? All right, all right. Uh, Act hold three on. coming we'll up. We'll be right back. Yes, keep me a powerful ally, another dark Jedi. 
us or die. We got Jeff Star. 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 We just say we'll just start each one with third part. Yeah, so NPR of us. Here we are with if we're, if we're if we're going full This American Life, will be like Act Three. Things we're looking forward to. You, you kind of sounded like him there. That was weird. That was pretty good. <laughs> Sorry, we my, really my should Ira do glass that. We is really, really sh- strong. We really yeah, should do yeah, that yeah. from now on. <laughs> Josh, the Filipino Ira Glass. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. What are you looking forward to? Well, clearly, hateful eight on seventy millimeter. Oh, I my can't. God. I don't know that there's anything else I'm waiting for, dude. Like that. So good to be a film nerd right now. I know. I know. Like people have been like, there's a couple of film nerds at work. Oh, and you know what? Just real quick, this is a, an on track. Turning people on to Ninja Busters now that I have the Blu-ray. Duh. Yeah. Like actively, yes. let, they borrow it and they love it. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> there's some film nerds in my office that we that I talked to and some of those sort of like mixed bummed reactions to the apocalypse and civil war trailers and and all I can think back in my mind is yo hateful eight hateful eight who yeah. the fuck cares yeah dude <laughs> like I mean don't when X-Men is mediocre don't be surprised but hateful eight <laughs> like just just stop talking about the trailer what stop I think, it what I don't I think, care what I think is so funny about the response to the X-Men trailer is that I thought the other X-Men movies were so mediocre that then seeing this one, I was like, well, this looks at least okay. like it has the possibility to be really bad Yeah, well, <laughs> now, or really good. No, no, no. Knows? I'm just going to do my little Fox X-Men movie rant here. This is a Fox X-Men movie. One awesome action scene, two to three characters that are awesome, two to three characters that suck, a bunch of, depending upon the size of the movie, meh characters, one semi-interesting plot, one extra plot porn that's eh, 25 minutes long. Longer than it needs to be. X-Men movie, boom, and Done. That's your X-Men movie. This X-Men movie also has the added bonus for me that I now have beef with James McAvoy. Wait, why do you have beef with James McAvoy? So this is something that we now has joined the ranks of Watane for people who have pissed me off, and then now I will seek out and punch in the face. Oh, I need to hear this. What happened? So James McAvoy was at the punk rock flea market with two young lady friends. I don't know if he was with two or was with one. Two young what? 
ladies. Oh, okay. But he was there, and he was in line for coffee well, with let's, the reanimator let's, guys. Let's talk about something, because we didn't talk about this on the show. Right. Josh dressed up as Santa Claus <laughs> for the punk rock flea market. Yeah, I dressed up like punk rock Santa. Sweet. And <laughs> we printed pictures of me and people sitting on my lap that they paid for. Yeah. Where it was just like Santa. <laughs> it was amazing. That's it was pretty an, awesome. It was ridiculous. an amazing thing. No, that's awesome. So yeah. Josh sees James McAvoy. He's in line for coffee, which is the booth right next to my Santa operation. And I ask him, hey, James, would you like to have a picture with Santa after you get your coffee? And he says, yeah, sure thing. He gets his coffee. I ask him, hey, you ready for your picture? And he says in his smarmy British voice, no thanks, mate, and walks away. And see, the thing is, when we spotted him, I was standing there with a bunch of the reanimator dudes. Sure. And they're all like, oh, man, look, James McAvoy. And, uh, you know, I asked him, and he said he would. Then he didn't take the picture, and he walked away. And everybody that was standing around me, the reanimator people were like, ooh, sick burn from Professor X. Professor <laughs> X burned you. <laughs> to which I proclaimed, that's why he's getting coal for Christmas. Because I was playing Santa. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got that part. So after the punk rock flea market, me and Suze went to Federal Donuts. What up, Federal Donuts? And we got chicken sandwiches, and then we were walking back, and I walked by a guy who I swear to God looks like James McAvoy. And I'm like, is that James McAvoy? And I go, Susan, was that James McAvoy? She said, I didn't see. I think Professor X just fucking walked past us on the street. She's yeah. like, really? And I'm like, I must be crazy. But then I tweeted it out, like, yo, I'm pretty sure I just walked past James McAvoy in Philly. No one replied, so I thought that meant, well, if no one else saw him, then I must be crazy. Right. But then Josh was like, oh, James McAvoy dissed me at the fuck. <laughs> and to which I, I, was, I was saying, like, wouldn't it be funny if I had said, like, yo, Charles, what's up? You know, when I saw him on the street. But then when Josh told me that story, I was like, well, really, I should have just immediately punched him in the face and yelled, welcome to the Savage Land, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So I'm looking forward to so so things I'm looking forward to. Uh, oh, you also know that Watain threw blood on me when I saw them in Texas, and then I was yes, gonna, I heard that so, podcast. So things I'm looking forward to. The eventual meeting of my enemy is both Watain <laughs> and James McAvoy, and the consequent thrashing that I would deliver to both of them. You're never going to do that. I actually would believe. I actually would believe that you would be tempted to punch James McAvoy, but the or clothesline him. But I swear to God, the Watain guys, even when they're not on stage, they have knives or something. Like those that, are yo, creepy. Maybe, maybe, but that singer is tiny. No I way. can, I can, dude. I'm sure I can take him he out. He probably has brass knuckles with blades. I'll probably get. Um, scabies punching him, but it'll be worth it. And I have the treatments at work to take care of that. What, so, else, what else are you yeah. looking forward to? That's it. Yeah, what are That's you looking forward to? Bloodlust revenge on. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, kidding. I, um, think, I think I agree with you that Hateful Eight is the highlight. Yeah, dude, I'm highlights. looking forward to Hateful Eight so hard. Yeah. Dude, and the 70 millimeter projection is different than the DLP one, right? Like, yeah, DCP. Or DCP is yeah. like, it's shorter. Yeah, the yeah, full, it's like twelve the full, minutes longer. The full or something like show that? is the seventy millimeters. Dude, it has an intermission. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really and judge. I'm looking forward to judge. But go on. Yeah. So, uh, wait. Yeah, I was gonna say judge. Yeah. So judge is playing at wait, the judge is playing at the voltage lounge. Dude, you live in a hole. It's <laughs> no been shit. All I do over the internet. <laughs> I, I don't we, visit the internet very so often. We and by we I mean Joe and I just happen to be in the Facebook group because I didn't do shit. <laughs> we booked Judge at the Voltage Lounge with World Be Free. World and, Be Free. And I'm Wizard really excited to see. Other bands. Yeah. Uh, and then Sick. we have we have another show coming up, which I don't think they announced it yet. Hasn't been announced yet, but I think you guys will be excited about. Okay. I don't know who it is. I when think. is this Judge show? February uh, something. Yeah, just get on Facebook. Get go to ticket. Philly Hardcore shows. Yeah. tickets are on sale. Just get tickets, man. You're mm-hmm. gonna, you'll make it work. 
it's going to be far awesome. enough away. You'll make it work. It's yeah, judge. dude. It's yeah, yeah. Judge. The fact that it's in February makes it easier to work than if it was in January. You, you misjudge it. This is hardcore, right? Like you at this know. is hardcore. People had hammers. Like it was insanity. It was the craziest thing I'd seen up until that point. That kind of scares me a little. Yeah. The hammers. No, nobody got hurt. You're no, fine. okay. So there was an old boy going on in that piece. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, but there's uh, keep an eye. I would say to both of you, keep an eye on the Philly hardcore show. I don't want to give it away here on the podcast, but um, there's some good shows coming up some sick shows coming up so uh nice. i 100 i'm like keep an eye on that so i'm looking forward to judge as well right looking forward to hateful eight um i always like to have something sort of unexpected that i'm looking forward to uh and i don't have anything on top of my head other than word on the street i don't think it's been announced yet but word on the street is the upcoming international house lineup looks pretty good yeah I know they're doing princess mononoke oh i think nice i, I don't know for sure but i think they might be doing um the Forbidden Room, which nice. which you can actually see on the internet right now, but I'd yeah. rather see it in a theater if I can. Um, and I think you they have some other cool stuff coming up. Uh, and the, <clears throat> here's the thing: I think we're I'm really bad at keeping up. Here's, I watch trailers constantly, so I should yeah. know all the cool movies coming out. But nothing is really in my brain the way that the Hateful Eight is. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's stuff coming up. I will say. Me and Josh. Superman versus Batman, dude. Oh, God. Uh, I'm really excited about uh, Animalasia, the new... uh yeah, Anomalisa. I think it's an. Wait, the new the new an- Kaufman movie, Anomalisa. Anomalisa. Yeah, yeah. Anomalisa. So I'm, it's Charlie Kaufman. Charlie movie. Kaufman's it's movie. Anime. That's, mm. that's okay. stop animated. Okay. So. I hear it's amazing. Ooh. I really yeah. want to see it. They premiered it at the Philly Film Fest, sure. but uh, I missed it. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we miss most Philly Film yeah. Fest. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's a few other things. There's a few festival things that I haven't seen yet that other oh, people. Oh, I really want to see the Hitchcock um, Truffaut movie. That's on my list. Really, obviously, Green Room is on my list. Things like that so Dude, and it's wait. just hard to know when it's you got to keep an eye out for when yeah. coming out i still haven't seen dangerous men and so i, I yeah, think I've it's on vod now so i'm oh. going to try to get that okay let's go cool. anyways i think that's a few things that we're looking forward to that's yeah. quite a few that's um, pretty good i mm-hmm. think it's worth keeping an eye out for uh exhumed i'm sure we'll have new stuff soon yeah yeah well we'll, we'll be doing the giveaway for the february edition sure, sure so sure, sure, uh sure. yeah look for some gifts from your friendly neighborhood cinepunks trying to think if you if you have something that you want us to promote uh please shoot us an email because people mention stuff to me like on the side like oh can you mention this and i'll forget like i need it (laughs) i need a list i need to be able to look at the list and say oh right this thing is coming up and i wanted to promote it like i'm sure oh yeah I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Philomoka has some cool stuff coming yeah, up. I'm sure there's our friends probably have cool stuff coming up, but I am not on top of that stuff whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. The closest I will say is the Colonial Theater has started announcing some advanced stuff. Dude, they're doing some of the movies that they're announcing over there are insane. Yeah, Drunken Master Two. I'm Ooh. so stoked on. Like I'm super stoked on. Yeah, that's uh, the one up. By you, right? Yeah. Oh uh, no, the Colonial is the one in Phoenix. Phoenix oh, Phoenix. Phoenixville. So that's okay. easier for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's much actually closer. harder for me, but that's fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we might as well just wrap up then. Hey, Sean, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Sean. Thank, Thank you, you for having Amalgam. me again. Thank yeah. you to Amalgam Comics and Coffee for uh, having I wanna, us. I want to. I do this a lot, but I want to plug Doug Tilly again because uh, we have some new projects like Horror Business and some other stuff that we're not ready to announce yet yeah. that he's working on, and he works tirelessly for us while having his own two podcasts, No Budget Nightmares and Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. And I have to endorse, Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man is one of my favorite podcasts <laughs> in the world. So check out Doug Tilly. He's Canadian, but don't hold that against him because he's amazing, uh, and I love and I love him a lot. So I have to, I, I have to say respect to that. And I think I want to I say this to the listeners of the show. On Facebook, 
I often take the attitude of, I can't believe you haven't listened to Cinepunks yet. And the reason for that <laughs> is because those people are my friends. <laughs> and they say they're my friends and they don't listen to the show and it's weird. But I do realize I, I want you all to know that actually I'm amazed anyone listens to <laughs> because all the time people come up to me who I don't know or I hear from people I don't know and they say, hey, I listen to the show. I really like it. I can't believe that happens. Like, yeah, so, no, it's so, happened so enough times if, to me that you, it really if, blows me away. If every you just look at our Facebook That's pretty page, awesome. if you just look at my Facebook page, especially, you'd think like, oh, those Cinepunks guys are not very thankful. It's just that I have so many people who say they're my friends who haven't listened to the show <laughs> that I just want to make them feel bad because like if they were in a band and I had never gone to see their band, I would feel bad. So yeah. I want them to, right. not too bad, just a little bad. Just you a know? little bad. Just yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Like they need to, to check put the rub out. But I want you guys... Our list, actual listeners, some of which we really don't know. We've never seen you. Never met. You've never seen how we are in real life, which is maybe better, worse. I don't know. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you so much. 100%. Also, at, on the Facebook page, we're up to 665 likes. Oh, yo, who's you need the to get the next evil like. gonna, Who's the most evil person going to be? Yo, 100% I said we would give away a Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> to somebody who was our, to somebody if we got six hundred, or we might give ones. you a DVD copy of Mario Brothers the movie, yeah, with John Leguizamo. Cool. That would also be cool. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> All right, so, we better wrap up. But uh, I guess this is going to come out right around Christmas. So if you celebrate Christmas, happy holidays, yeah, you know, Merry Christmas. If you're into Hanukkah. Is that over yet? Is that still going on? It's, it's over. I think it's over, yeah. I'm a bad Jew. Uh, uh, there you go. I'm not Jewish. You're not Jewish. <laughs> You're a terrible uh, Jew. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I hope you had a good Hanukkah, you know, happy Kwanzaa, happy New Year, whatever, whatever. We probably won't be back till January. Yeah, probably not back till January, but I'm sure it'll be probably funny. And hopefully Har Business will launch before that. I mean, we have one episode ready to go. We just have to get the other stuff done and it'll be up. Yeah. So when that goes up, do me a favor. Repo- like the horror business. Re- re- repost that shit for me. Yeah, and we're, we're on our way to Nerdist. So there you go. All uh, right. So thank you again. Thank you so much to Shayna. Thank you to... Uh, uh, Amalgam. Amalgam, yes. And uh, th- I just want to say thanks to my man, Glenn. I love you. I know I made fun of you <laughs> and your hipster ketchup tattoo. But, you know, it's all good. It's all love, dog. I don't care that you don't like Unbroken. <laughs> Glenn, you suck. <laughs> all right. And that's it. Smoke bomb. Cinepunk's out. Smoke bomb.